0: Hello, listeners. Buckle up for a new episode of Voice Over Work, an audiobook sampler. Where do you listen? Today is January 23rd, 2023. Ralph Waldo Emerson defined self-reliance as being our best selves, thinking for ourselves rather than following the conventional path. Self-reliance in the 21st century, according to author Charles Hugh Smith, means reducing our dependency on fragile supply chains and becoming producers as well as consumers. In this book, author Charles Hugh Smith explores the mindset of self-reliance and provides 18 principles that advance self-reliance in the 21st century. The Difference Between Self-Reliance in 1841 and the 21st Century What is self-reliance? Ralph Waldo Emerson's advice in his 1841 essay, Self-Reliance, still rings true today. Be yourself, no base imitator of another, but your best self. There is something which you can do better than another. For Emerson, self-reliance means thinking independently, trusting your own intuition, and refusing to take the well-worn path of conforming to others' expectations. This celebration of individualism is the norm today, but it was radical in Emerson's more traditionalist day. What's striking about Emerson's description of self-reliance is its internal quality. It's about one's intellectual and emotional self-reliance, not the hands-on skills of producing life's essentials. Emerson doesn't describe self-reliance in terms of taking care of oneself in practical terms, such as being able to build a cabin on Walden Pond and live off foraging and a garden like his friend Thoreau. The land on Walden Pond was owned by Emerson. Emerson did not address practical self-reliance because these skills were commonplace in the largely agrarian rural 1840s. Even city dwellers mostly made their living from practical skills and the majority of their food came from nearby farms. Imported sugar, coffee, tea, and spices were luxuries. The economy of the 1840s was what we would now call localized. Most of the goods and services were locally produced, and households provided many of their own basic needs. Global trade in commodities, such as tea and porcelain, thrived, but these luxuries made up a small part of the economy, one exception being whale oil used for lighting. Even in the 1840s, few individuals were as self-sufficient as Thoreau. Households met many of their needs themselves, but they relied on trusted personal networks of makers and suppliers for whatever goods and services they could not provide themselves. Households sold their surplus production of homemade goods, and family businesses offered small scale production of specialty goods, metal forging, furniture, etc., and services, printing, legal documents, etc. For example, Thoreau's family business was manufacturing pencils and supplying graphite, pencil lead. Before he took over this business on the death of his father, he earned his living as a surveyor. Households obtained what they needed from local networks of suppliers who were known to them. If some item was needed from afar, the local source had their own network of trusted suppliers. The government's role was also limited. The government provided postal, judicial, and basic education systems and collected tariffs on trade, but its role in everyday life beyond these essential services was modest. The conditions of Emerson and Thoreau's day, localized, hands-on self-reliance was the norm, and the elevation of the individual as radical have reversed. Now, the celebration of the individual is the norm while few have practical skills. Our economy is globalized, with few if any of the good... And that's this week's episode of Voice Over Work, an audiobook sampler. Where do you listen? Don't forget to join us in a week for the chapter-by-chapter preview of this book, Charles Hugh Smith's self-reliance in the 21st century.